0: mindfulness mode
1: build your stillness statistic uh, so you need to practice becoming still
0: reach new heights of calm focus and happiness right here on mindfulness mode and welcome to the show thanks for joining sit back and relax and enjoy the show Hey Mindful Tribe, we talk about the ego a lot on the show and today is a day we're gonna focus on the ego, maybe a little bit more than usual because as you might've noticed, the episode is called Tame the Ego's Tongue. And I'm here with an educational psychologist and he specializes in transpersonal psychology. And he encourages his students to practice mindfulness techniques that benefit all aspects of life, including presenting, and speaking experiences. And he founded the Alan Carroll and Associates 30 years ago. Uh, This organization helps people with their uh, sales training and uh, really with speaking. And we're gonna talk all about this as we get on the show. And of course, I'm here with Alan Carroll. So Alan, are you in mindfulness mode today?
1: One always tries to be in a state of mindfulness at every opportunity you can remember to become mindful and not get lost in your thoughts. So I I practice being present and grounded, so that's definitely in a more mindfulness direction.
0: Yeah, for sure. So what exactly does mindfulness mean to you?
1: That's a a great question. (laughs) Uh, And... uh, the and the question answer evolves. It does. It's different, one, isn't it? From day to day, as one swims through the space, you know, and learns and sees things. And the closest I can get to it, with using concepts, is to be present in this moment of now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, present in this moment of now, without judging anything, uh, right, wrong, good, bad, and you'll notice that. Everybody is in this moment of now, and they judge everything. This is good. This is bad. This is right. This is wrong. So there has to be some way of bypassing that judgment and getting to a judgment-free zone, which is the definition, one of the pillars, at least, of mindfulness is to be present without judging.
0: Yeah. One of the things I read about you, Alan, is that you help people escape the psychological suffering caused by the misidentification with ego. So let's dig right in. Let's talk about ego and how that can really pull us off track.
1: One could start with a a definition because there's many different people, have many different labels to describe something they call an ego. And so I got mine. Good. Well, let's hear it. And uh, ego would, would have to do with the, your, your conceptual identity, uh, what you consider yourself to be based on all the experiences that you've gathered, all the uh, sensations that you've experienced, all the things your mom told you, your dad told you, the church told you, the school told you, your own experience told you. You're, you're like a vacuum, vacuuming up experiences and stored in memory. And so now you're in this moment of now. And if you're judging this moment of now, what are you using to judge the moment of now? You're using your memory. So ego has to do with those thoughts inside your head. And when you focus on the thoughts inside your head, it's an uninterrupting stream from the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night. Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra were talking together. And they were saying about 65 to 80,000 thoughts go across the screen every day in people's minds. And that's the ego. And yeah. so th- what, what we want to be able to do is see if there's a space on the other side of those thoughts. Well, most people never leave the stream of thoughts. They don't even know what we're, I'm talking about. But there is a space, a bigger space on the other side of those thoughts. But you need to practice, <laughs> you, you need to practice mindfulness techniques in order to access that transcendent dimension of consciousness, which is on the other side of the thoughts, which is on the other side of the ego.
0: And do you remember when you first started discovering mindfulness techniques? Were you a teenager? Were you a young adult? Tell us about that.
1: When I was young, a lot of things that I did in regards to my own growth and development uh, involved public speaking mm-hmm. and i was i was uh, my sociology professor at san jose state took everybody up to san francisco and said you got to go to this seminar and so we went to the seminar and it was a seminar done by Werner Earhart, and it was the s training and so i signed up for the s training the college training went to the weekend up at the hotels in san francisco and it was a very transformative experience of understanding more about how how I'm wired up and what and being responsible for things. And I began to assist in the organization. And part of assisting was you have opportunities to speak in front of people. Mm-hmm. And and so terrified, terrified of that. Um, and but the process you go through of becoming more and more conscious. You become more and more present, more and more mindfulness. That that flame was ignited back in the 70s in San Francisco with Werner Earhart.
0: Right. Okay, so it sounds like you had a really solid grounding to move into what you then ended up doing with your business. Tell us what you did before you actually formed Alan Carroll & Associates.
1: I graduated with degrees in psychology, spent five years as an educational psychologist working for the public school system in the San Lorenzo Valley in Santa Cruz area of California, and that's a blessing. To be able to spend every day in a redwood forest (laughs) going to schools is like a gift. And then I transitioned over to uh, Apple Computer Corporation by being a reseller but I had a connection there so I started to sell computers and when I when I finished 2 years there jumped into 10 years at Digital Equipment Corporation second largest computer corporation in the world and I had the soft skills of psychology so I continued on doing presentation training and sales training and things like that but my vertical expertise has to do with public speaking And and what so I've been doing that for almost forty years of watching people how they speak. And and I know we're gonna get into that piece because that's that's real important to to, for your audience to know how to access that transcendent dimension simply by your speaking. Yeah. Because everybody can speak and so it's less like (laughs) woo-hoo.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so didn't you team up with your wife in order to uh, set up your organization, Alan Carroll and Associates.
1: Well, she's the boss. Uh, she's the CEO. And my name is up there, and I, I'm I'm the creator. Uh, yet she handles all the background stuff. And so without her, you know, I don't shine as much without her. And so she's a she's another blessing. you like the Redwood Forest in Santa Cruz. Well, she's to have a partner for 31 years who is so supportive to to the what you are wanting to manifest in the world is a blessing. Yeah, for sure.
0: So so you, um, I'm sure, developed a lot of your mindfulness skills with her, along alongside her. Is that
1: right? Well, I certainly, uh, you develop the, the teaching skills by teaching. Yeah. Uh, and so what I learned with my family is taking the skills and trying to teach them how to do it at home does not, mix very well mm-hmm. come on dad you always talk about things like that come on can't you have a real conversation you always have to be talking about politics. You, you know so after a while you realize that they're a little they're a little tired of it however thank goodness i have clients who want to hear me talk <laughs> and that's really nice <laughs> how many children do you have alan i have three children there are okay. two two are twins they're 26 years old and and then one is uh, 37 years old
0: Okay. Well, I know what you mean. My son uh, has a lot of skills, but working with me w- isn't his favorite one. <laughs> right. But right. he did do a lot of work with me For at one point. He edited a lot of podcast episodes and you know, worked alongside me with some of the things I was doing. So I really appreciated that. But then later he kind of opened up and said, you know, Dad, it's not really my favorite thing. Right. And I get that. Yeah, you know, he's he's got to spread his his own wings.
1: Everybody has a path. Yeah, for sure. And 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 you're blessed if you find your path. Yeah. Uh, And and uh, because it makes the path more joyful if you are enjoying the path, versus you have to have to do something. And uh, and so I'm, your son made a decision to say, you know, Dad, appreciate opportunity, and but my path just a little bit this way. And so you say, all right. You have your own wings, go fly away. Yeah, that's exactly right. And he's
0: studying to be a physicist. He he just loves Woo-hoo! that theoretical physicist is what he wants to do. And and it's just his thing. So that's great. I'm excited well, for him.
1: there's very much uh, in my I'm not a physicist. I, I, I didn't do well in my by my in my physics class in high school. I, I did not do very well. I think i got a c in my fixes class but i but i do remember i tell it in the i tell it to the audience i i I do remember one of the one of the experiments the demonstrations they did was wave theory and they had a fish tank full of water and they had two balls suspended in the fish tank there's no fish just balls suspended in the water they had a motor on one ball and they would turn the motor on and would create a wave and then the wave would hit the other ball and that was just on a rubber band with a hook and they showed you when you turn the motor on it sends a wave over and pretty soon the other ball was vibrating at the same frequency and you turn the motor off and then the other ball will and and, and how that affects the public speaking domain is that if you are relaxed when when you're speaking if your physiology if your physiology is relaxed and usually it's not. Usually it's tense. So if you can relax your phys- if you can relax your physiology, it sends out a relaxing wave uh, in the space. And the audiences definitely would vote for. I'd rather be more relaxed, Bruce, watching you than I being tense watching you. Totally. But most people don't have control of their physiology when they're speaking uh, because they're not trained how to pause.
0: The audience really picks it up. That's for sure, whether they know they are picking it up or not. They are definitely really picking it up. Let's talk more about public speaking. You must have helped hundreds and thousands of people over the years to uh, be better public speakers.
1: Yeah, That's true. That's true. I, it's, like a, it's like a research project. Uh, and I can only take them as far as I've gone myself. Uh, one of the definitions of a guide is showing, one, showing someone the way after having been there yourself. So if we're on a journey to mindfulness, or a journey to uh, enlightenment, or we're on a journey to presence, wh- whatever word you want to use to describe that space on the other side of the thoughts that you're thinking, uh, public speaking is a great vehicle to do that. Uh, because when you speak, you're doing when you're talking about a, what a professional speaker does versus what an amateur speaker does. A prof- an amateur speaker totally ignores the key concept of public speaking the professional speaker embraces the key concept of public speaking in my 40 years of experience and so w- how do you differentiate the professional from the amateur there's only one there's only one skill and that is when you when you look at the person speak is there a, a you don't even perceive There's the absence of space. But when you watch a professional speak, and I'm going to shift into a more mindful, spacious speaking pattern now. When you watch a professional speak, you'll notice that a professional is able to create a space between this sound and this sound. And when you can consciously, not unconsciously, but consciously create spaces between the sounds that you speak, you begin to get control of the timing of your speaking. And when you can control the timing of your speaking, you then have a choice about what you want to vibrate next. Because all I'm doing is vibrating the air right now. I'm blowing air out of my body putting my lips and my tongue into a certain position and I'm vibrating the air just so with just the right amount of air for just the right amount of time to create a bubble of sound that you are listening to. And you're saying, Oh, I understand what Alan's saying. So I'm just blowing, I'm just vibrating the air. And so everybody knows how to vibrate the air, but no one knows how to not vibrate the air. And so when you can control the vibration and the nod of the vibration of the air, you have to be very alert (laughs) to do that. Uh, And and in order to be alert, you gotta be real present uh, to do that. So that's how you get to mindfulness, by controlling controlling the vibrations that we call that pausing. And who are you speaking for? Well, you're speaking for your identity. And who's your identity? Your identity is your ego. So that's your point of view, that's your opinion about whatever's going on in front of you uh, that would be uh, it's a tool of the ego so if I can control the tongue then I can choose how I want to vibrate the air and they did last thing was they did a research where they had greenhouses and they played Mozart music in one of the greenhouses and they played heavy metal head banging, heavy music in the other one and they just watched how the plants responded mm-hmm. and the plants when you're playing the Relaxing Mozart music they ah, you know they really bathe in the vibration, and but when you are playing a and the and so when you speak you 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 speak with a loving vibration or do you speak with an ego vibration and but you can't make that choice unless you can create a space uh, between the events and your reaction to the event
0: I really like your explanation of this very very well very mindful and of course it's completely part of mindfulness I want to ask you if there's a student of yours from some time over the years that pops into your mind that you could tell us a little bit about their transition that they made as you worked with them and developed their help them develop their skills
1: not a a student There is an experience that all students will have and that they've never had before and that you can have and all the students and all the listeners can have when they begin to be able to control their speaking. And when you see people who have totally ignored the creation of a pause, empty space. Totally, It's like, why would I pause? I got so many things I want to say. I don't, I don't want to erase something. I could put a couple of words in there, especially if I'm a intellectual person or I'm an engineer and I have lots of facts and I have lots of things I want to tell the audience. And you're like, you're like a dump truck. You're just dumping it, just dumping it all. You can't absorb it. You can't absorb all that food, all that data food at once. And so you see a lot of people who just overflow the buffers. They just throw lots and lots of stuff at the audience without any space for the audience to. Uh, to breathe and yeah, to relax, to, to digest. And when you begin to shift your attention from the disembodied state, which is the making love to the thoughts that you want to speak and you shift your attention to the embodied state of your physical body when you begin to recognize that I have control of my breathing most people don't even think about breathing but we can increase the power of your breathing by 150 to 200 percent just by telling you telling yourself that in the middle of your conversation you're going to stop and take a deep breath and that adds power prana power to to you but most people they're too busy talking they don't have time to manage manage the logistics of the instrument that's doing the talking uh, relaxing it pausing breathing organizing your thoughts you know are you going to change your voice this time are you going to use a gesture this time are you going to show a little piece of mass to help people understand the thought you 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 can't do those professional moves unless you have time to think about how I want to perform my next thought, and most people there's no space between the sounds there's no space between the sounds, and there's no way you can perform your thought. you can talk, but you can't talk like a professional
0: yeah, and one of the things that pops into my mind is some of the youtubers I've heard where it can be trendy these days to they create they record their their YouTube video and then they use a an editing tool to pull out all the silences in between, so that it it just keeps jumping ahead. Have you heard any of those?
1: No, and I guess I'm glad I haven't. <laughs> yeah, it does I'm something very strange to your head. I'm interested in putting, you know, yeah. creating a space between the, the clutters, like a like a you 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 have a broom and you're and you're sweeping up yeah. the data and you're seeing a, a clear space of nothingness. Yeah, uh, and wondering, well, what is that nothingness? and that nothingness, that emptiness that people talk about. Well, all that's way in the future. I couldn't possibly do something like that. Well, you can do it right now. Yeah. All you have to do is tell yourself, I'm gonna put a space between the sounds that I'm going to speak. And we don't need to worry about putting it in the best place or the right place or how long do you hold the emptiness just just begin to practice right now. And what's really great if you can do it in front of a mirror, uh, because you can always be with yourself in a mirror, you make eye contact with yourself in the mirror, you ground your body, your feet are flat on the floor, and you hold eye contact with yourself and make sure your body is nice and relaxed, get it real relaxed and you think it's relaxed, keep getting more relaxed and then real slow as slow. As you can go and, and and so you vibrate the air with a bubble of sound. And then you have this two or three second empty space. And you'll notice that that's when you that's when you I call it a I call it a command override switch where I now have command of my body, I can tell my body to take a deep breath and immediately relax your body. And you'll notice that every time you speak, it creates a little bit of tension. And every time you pause, you create a little bit of stillness. And so we want to increase your stillness statistic and reduce your 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 data statistic. And that will make you more spacious. So then you can you can explore that space of emptiness and and discover that it's very relaxing, it's very loving, it's very joyful, you now have a buffer zone between you and the event that's happening in front of you so you don't react. You're able to notice there's something going on inside of you that has something to do with what's going on outside of you, but you recognize that I need to get myself under control before I'm gonna stick my hands out here in the outer world and try to fix something. And most people, they stick their hands in the outer world, they try to fix something, whereas they're they're still capsized inside themselves. They haven't handled the emotions inside themselves. So they're drunk in a way, trying to fix something that they haven't focused on themselves. I feel like we're at a speaker's
0: workshop that I've paid hundreds and hundreds and hundreds or thousands of dollars to attend. You're sharing so openly, and I really appreciate this so much.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. It's a it's a pleasure to be able to polish my skills uh, because when I speak, I have a mirror here in my office, so I'm often talking to myself in the mirror. Uh, it's just practicing. It's like singing a song, singing mm-hmm. a song of stillness, singing a song of presence. And the more I sing it, the better I am at singing it. Um, so you're you're seeing, you know, 40-year rev level right now, and hopefully another 40 years, you'll see another, you'll you'll experience another rev level.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate this. Alan, one of the questions I always ask on the show is about bullying because I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time and I like to talk sometimes about the connection between mindfulness and bullying. And I wonder if you have a story about bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference or it did made it make a difference. Maybe it was in some of your workshops. Maybe it was when you were a kid. I don't know. Do you have a story you can share with us?
1: I have a quote from Shakespeare that I can share with you that maybe will lead us into a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's from Hamlet, and it is nothing is either right or wrong, but thinking makes it so. So when you say the word bullying, uh, immediately a judgment comes up. That's wrong. You shouldn't be a bully. Bully is wrong. So in the reality in which you live, your ego is now engaged, and there's something happening in your movie right now of this situation, of this person, what they're doing, and you're labeling it bullying. Um, And so, and 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 so you're not present in the moment. You're you're dealing with a bully in the moment, not not objectively, logically right. No, that's a bully. And, And so and so until you until you're able to uh be more relaxed uh, with the energy that's around the bulliness uh, then whatever solution you're going to try to figure out may not st- may not strategically be the best may- maybe tactically it might work immediately but strategically you have to deal with the person who is looking at it and labeling it uh, and realizing that that label is not the best way to label it uh, and what's a better way to label it uh, well, I, one of the, the better ways of labeling it uh, is that uh, one of Werner Earhart's experiences that I had at the Cal Palace in San Francisco, 10,000 people are there, and the person is standing up in front of Werner, and they're talking about relationships, and and he's saying, well, my father doesn't love me the way I want my father to love me. My girlfriend doesn't love me the way I want my girlfriend to love me. You know, what about that, Ha huh, huh? huh? And Werner said, well, what you're getting from your father and what you're getting from your girlfriend and what you're getting from that bully is a bound up expression of an absolute love for you. And at that point in time, you just have, you're not, you're not at that point in time, that's the highest level of love that they're able to muster. They live in a hellhole of a psychological suffering in which the way they present themselves into the world is so dysfunctional that is causing them physical mental and psychological issues inside themselves and so for you then to throw more fire on someone who's already in pain uh, is not the strategy that's going to solve the issue what's going to solve the issue is your ability to love your ability to give space to to the thing that is in front of you and and it's hard to give space if you've labeled it a bully uh, and so it's hard to give space to that because it's wrong, Bruce. It's wrong. Well, n- now you got stuff to go on and mindfulness is there is isn't right, it isn't wrong. It's just a, it's just it just is right now. Uh, and and that will allow you to be present and and then what am I going to do with this situation is going to be different than if I'm all stirred up because it's a bully.
0: That makes sense. That makes complete sense. Yes, it does. It makes total sense. Yeah, there's so many emotions tied into that word. Just you bet. You've and compassion. Out. It's the.
1: It's the. As you become more spacious, as you practice organically, something will begin to grow in your in your psychic reality, in the metaphysical reality. Stillness is like a seed that will grow as you begin to nurture it by creating it. And every time you pause, you create stillness. Every time you close your eyes and meditate, you create stillness. Go outdoors in the outdoors in nature, create stillness. Go to the ocean, create stillness. Pet your dog, create stillness. Uh, look for places of quiet and solitude in order to calm all the stuff that's being thrown at us through through our senses nowadays bombarding ourselves with senses quiet time uh, solitude you know it's 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 it, it it's just important to have silence in your life uh, there's not enough silence going on uh, there's too much noise which is there's always noise is, is yeah, earth too much noise. Too much noise. And, 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 and the noise without and the noise within. Those thoughts, those 80,000 thoughts a day, that's noise, mental noise going through your head. And it's constantly. So one of the techniques that your audience can practice is called the stop technique. The stop technique takes 30 seconds. You just notice that you're thinking about something. Oh, I'm going to do that stop technique. So that's the S for stop. The T is, all right, now that I'm stopped, I'm gonna make sure my feet are flat on the floor. I'm gonna take three deep breaths. And when I breathe out, I'm gonna observe, that's the O-S-T-O, I'm gonna observe any physical tension and I'm gonna relax that physical tension like it's flowing out of my feet. And then the fourth is proceed with kindness. So do some kind act, smile, say hi to somebody, wave to somebody, smell a flower, do something that's kind. Um, And what you're doing is, what you'll notice is that whatever you were thinking before you started that stop technique for 30 seconds has faded away. And so now you get to separate yourself from that train of thought that's in your head all the time. And so you're like, you're on a a train and then the train stops and you get off the train. Then you get back on the train. train Then you, oh, I'm going to stop technique. You get off the train and so you practice getting on the train off the train on the train so noise and stillness noise and stillness. so stillness becomes more of a natural like brushing your teeth becoming still as often as possible becomes natural because it feels the body likes that the body does not want tension the body wants relaxation and stillness is relaxation
0: i really like the stop technique
1: very very good yeah it's 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 easy but you gotta you gotta remember uh to tell yourself you have to that, that you're you you do not even know you're on a train of thought what do you mean get off my train of thought I don't even know I'm on a train of thought well when you begin to do the stop technique you realize that the train of thought that you were thinking wasn't there when you finished the technique and you made it fade away and so the pro the problem that people have is the management of the thoughts that they're thinking if you can't manage the thoughts that you're thinking then you can't manage your emotions because emotions arise out of the label like i'm going to label that person as a bully and now that i've labeled it mentally as a bully all the emotions that are associated with bullies i can now woo, i can now i can now generate that so it's real important that you realize that you you don't have control of the thoughts that you're thinking and what's so great about public speaking is that I may not have control of the thought, at this point in time, I may not have control of the thoughts that I'm thinking, but I certainly, certainly have control of the thoughts that the ego speaks. And I can then tame, tame the tongue of the ego and i can make the flowers grow in my reality i can express love rather than my ego and what what your point of view and you were wrong and you shouldn't have done that bruce and i do you get you know and all that venom uh, that that comes out of people who are who are not present uh, to that space on the other side of the thoughts they get they get hooked by their thoughts they get hooked by the stories they 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 take things personally uh, when people say things to them and you know that's a tough one. However, it's it's you need to get beyond. It's nothing to do with you personally. You're a you're a bit player in someone else's movie, uh, yeah. and so you don't take what people. It's not all about you, Bruce. It's not all about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I was uh, thinking about the ego's tongue all the time. You were talking about that, and then you said it. And mindful tribe, check out the website. Check out the website that Alan Carroll. Has It's A-C-A, speaking for standing for Alan Carroll Associates, A-C-A MindfulU.com. So check that out. And uh, as we move forward in the interview, Alan, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30-second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Here's the question. Who is one person who has been an extremely influential person as far as mindfulness is concerned in your life
1: spiritual teachers spiritual teacher is when they speak they speak from a deeper level of vibration they are speaking from a consciousness that i've not experienced and when you vibrate the air in in a way that comes from a deeper place you you are it's love at first sight Uh, and love at first sight would be Eckhart Tolle Love at first sight would be uh, 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 Sadhguru. Those, those are the two uh, that that are up on the screen right now. That I'm that that that, that feed me, uh, and and I, I'm not going to choose between the two.
0: Okay, well, vibrate the air. What vibrates the air? Yeah, I I, I really like that. How you describe that. The second question is about emotions and how mindfulness has helped you deal with your emotions.
1: Sadhguru uh, describes anger, and he holds up a a cup, and he says anger is like drinking from a cup of poison and expecting the other person to die that you're angry at. And so why would you cause chemical changes in your physical body, that causes diseases that are caused by the the toxic release of chemicals because of the anger, why would you do that? Well, you would do that because the the ego doesn't care about your body. The ego cares about being right. Uh, and what it does to my body is irrelevant. As long as I get my pound of flesh, I'm happy. Well, you know, but when you start looking at your body, you, you recognize that there are loving emotions and there are m- emotions that are toxic. And so you stop because there's a space for you to observe that, hey, it's, it's not beneficial for me to be angry. So I got to figure out another strategy. That's mindfulness.
0: Right. The next question is about breathing. And you've talked about it. You've touched on it. You talked about vibrating the air. Breathing is a huge part of being a public speaker. Can you sum up your thoughts on breathing for us?
1: breathing is part of the autonomic nervous system. You do not have to think about breathing when you're speaking. It's, it, does it does it automatically. But the point being is that the amount of oxygen you take in when you don't think about breathing is about a little over a liter of the six liter capacity. So if you think about breathing, you can actually tell your body to take in more oxygen than is necessary, which gives you more prana more 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 energy and and so you can regulate your energy by becoming conscious of breathing but you can't become conscious of breathing unless you are able to tell your body to breathe you have to have the thought the thought inside your head while you're standing up and speaking in front of an audience i'm going to take a deep breath right now then you can take a deep breath but you have to be able to pause to create that space in which you get you know, control of the timing in order to tell your body to breathe.
0: Alan, I know you wrote a book called The Broadband Connection, The Art of Delivering a Winning IT Presentation. But I wonder if you can recommend a book other than that that can help people with mindfulness.
1: The, the book would be Eckhart Tolle, T-O-L-L-E, Power of the Now. First chapter is fine You can read the whole book, but but he'll tell you just read the first chapter and that pretty much some sums it up Uh, Another course that I'm now involved in is a course of miracles. It's Mm -hmm. a 365 You know lessons it'll probably take me a lot longer than 365 days to go through the course Uh, but I found that to be a very